Welcome to the Houston Sports TV with your hosts, John, Tom, and Ron. What's up, everybody? Back on the Houston up, Sports guys? Debrief. What's up, Rob? Why are you jumping in on my uh, intro, hey, bro? Man. I'm ready to, I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Week eight. Holy mackerel. is in the books. Texans beat up on the filthy Oakland Raiders. Soon to be Las Vegas Raiders. 27-24. Texans are now five and three at the midway point. Oakland is three and four. Dude, you know what I was thinking? As much as I hate the Raiders, yeah. When they go to Vegas, it's next year, right? They, mm-hmm. dude. And I mean, it's going to be, you know, the new team or whatever. But every week, there's going to be a legit out of town crowd at that place. Because all the teams that are coming in there that are only going to play them once every four years, we're like, man, let's uh, let's fly to Vegas, yeah. see our favorite team play in this brand new stadium, hang out in Vegas for a couple of days. So, yeah. and when we were there, I mean, it was all just still steel and whatever. But it's going to be weird calling them the L.A. or uh, Las Vegas Raiders, but. Anyways, what what was it like for the for the Knights? Did they have did they have a good home crowd or did oh, they? Oh yeah, just because their first year, dude, they were awesome. They, yeah. I mean, they went all the way to the Stanley Cup final. So, but that is is traveling hockey fans not a thing? No, I mean I would suspect it was probably the same thing. Yeah, I mean maybe not as much. Well, dude, hockey fans are nuts. So, yeah. um, I don't know that part. <clears throat> but because, I guess, you know, what's what's a hockey like twenty thousand? Yeah, twenty, twenty so, to twenty five thousand. So you don't have to you don't you're not filling a seventy five thousand. Yeah. yeah, there'll be a lot of out of towners. I mean, I would go. I'll go watch the Broncos play them. I mean yeah. it's different for me, but just because they play them every year, but I'm just saying, you know, all the teams that whatever NSC team that they don't play every so often. That'll be awesome place to see a game yeah and i bet you that stadium is gonna be nuts yeah but anyways again houston knocked off the the raiders um to me that game when i watched it and we watched we we re-watched it real quick here but it just didn't seem it was it was a i thought it was a weird game because i thought the texas kind of started out flat and it felt like the Raiders kind of had control of the game, but they never really did. It was just weird. Um, but a theme that I keep, and we'll talk about this later as we kind of dig into the first eight games. One of the things for me that I think has just been a pretty cool thing to watch the Texans you know, closer this year than I ever have before was it seems like their offense – their offense is good at coming back and answering other teams when they score. Yeah. And dude, that's awesome. And that's hard to do. And most teams don't do that. That aren't the Patriots. And well, I shouldn't say that just because I don't watch enough, all the other teams, but I thought that that was pretty good. Um, The one thing I don't like the trend of right now though, is, the running game the past two days with and I'm I tried I, I know I said last week that I took Deshaun Watson out and you can't really do that because he's a running quarterback so he's part of that running game but the running back position to me over the last two games hasn't produced well I mean they had 94 total yards running this week 84 of them was from uh Carlos Hyde but and I think that's some of – they still put up decent points, but I think their offense is kind of staggered just a little bit, and I think it's because of that, I would say. So, but overall, they got a win. They were, what, 3-1? and one. I always do my quarterly breakdowns every four games, so 3-1 mm-hmm. and one over this quarter, so. 
Yeah. It's going all right. What are you guys thinking? Yeah, I thought I'm kind of with you on the offense. It, it comes out so flat. And I think I heard during the game that they're were they one of two teams that hadn't scored a, a point on the opening drive yet. You know, and that continued last game. And I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter if you win the game. It doesn't matter when you score them. But uh, it would be nice to come out and just kind of score right away, put a little pressure on the other team right away instead of having to claw back every time. But I don't know what causes that. I don't know why they come out so flat every time. But uh, does but O'Brien do. script his, any of his first plays? I know we did. We talk about that before. He did. He does it right. Not the not that I know of. No. And if he if he does, he needs to rescript. He's going to be playing. So, <laughs> but 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 they do. Like you said, they they answer. So when another team scores, they come back and you know if they don't score that drive, they seem to score pretty soon. So that's good to see. I mean. You know, they're always in the game. Yeah. But I think there's two yeah, things w- that the good teams do that that always make it fun as a fan to watch what you're talking about, the always answering where you feel like you're never out of the game, that's that's always a sign of a good team and it and it keeps the fans and the stadium and the players invested in it. The other thing that the Texans aren't really there yet is the really good teams, it feels like they put their foot down at some point in the game. If you're talking basketball, like the Warriors, they were always really big on might be a close game, but in the third quarter, they're going to have a monster third quarter, and they're going to you know, take the lead. Same with the Patriots. Like, How many games you watch where going into halftime is like, uh-oh, you know, Patriots are only up by three, or another team might be up by three on the Patriots. And then in the second half, the Patriots just come out and blow the game wide open, and the other team can't come back. That's like the missing piece on the Texans is they're always in it. You know, they can always fight back, which is crucial, and that's fun, but they need to get that second piece, which is we're hanging around, we're hanging around, but we're going to put our foot down and blow this open, and then you're going to have to come back. And when they do that, then I think they're at the top of the class. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think, I I think for me, they're gonna they need to get to that place. But I was kind of writing in my notes. The first quarter, I thought Deshaun Watson just started off a little slow, and he, I mean, that one pass he had, I can't remember who he started to, but really, I mean dude's on defense for a reason but they should have had a pick six but then he came back after the Texans kind of gave up that bad touchdown to old white boy from uh Clemson what was what's his name uh Renfro Renfro yeah (laughs) what'd you call him no uh (laughs) but then they came back and had a great drive and they answered their touchdown but then in the second quarter they kind of went soft, uh, not soft, but they just the offense w- was shaky because Texans had a had a decent drive, and then got sacked. Watson got sacked on third down. They had to settle for a field goal, but they were driving, you know. So, and that was really their only, really their only drive of that hat or that quarter that was w- really worth anything. So it's like they kind of start out slow. They'll get going. You think they'll get going. And this doesn't happen every game. I'm just talking about this one. And then they'll kind of revert back and kind of go slow again. But, again, I think some of that, like I was saying before, I think some of that is their, their running game. And, I mean, in the fourth quarter, they were knocking off some good chunks and whatever else. And I know you can't have both uh, running backs chunking off five yards a run. But um, I think they can get to that. And now with all the all the injuries that they have, I mean, that offense is going to have to really just be a juggernaut and just continue to flow each week because, you know, as their schedule comes down, I mean, they got the Jaguars next, but that secondary is scary, and it's, it's just ravaged by – it's not even bad play. You know, it's just a bunch of homeless dudes out there. 
out in front of Nash or Astros Minute Maid Park and pull them dudes off in the tent cities and like, hey, bro, you want to play? <laughs> and I'm not trying to be, you know, mean to these guys out going out there, but man, they were getting torched a little bit there. Yeah, yeah, we got some. I mean, got a lot of no name guys out there, and I just. Every time we sign somebody, somebody else gets hurt. So that's going to be a problem the rest of the year. And uh, like I said, the offense is going to have to make up for it. And to do that, they're going to have to stop. You know, they've had a lot of penalties on them this year that slows down a lot of their drives. And they're going to have to play, you know, a lot better than that if we're going to win more games, especially if we want to make the playoffs and do something in the playoffs. I feel like the Raiders' defense and Texans' defense – isn't too dissimilar. Felt like we're really good against a run, which is awesome, but most teams in the NFL don't run, so it's kind of a you know, not not necessarily critical that you're great against a run. I think the Raiders were great against a run too, and then we both at least for, for now are lacking you know, getting any pressure on the quarterback and then that's exposing the secondary and I agree the the run game didn't take off in the first half. Didn't feel like they set any kind of flow with that. But the one thing that I that I liked about it was it felt like in the second half, when the run game wasn't going, intentionally or not, it felt like Watson had five or six runs just on his own. And then that opened up. Hyde started having some good runs after that, and that kind of took him out of that stagnant offense that if it was Kelly, O'Brien, Watson, whoever called that, I was, you know, that was really smart to do to just, okay, well, this ain't working. Let's try something different. And that's an awesome option to have when Watson's your quarterback. Yeah, definitely. And I've always been a big tight end lover <laughs> that sounds awesome uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean from you know like Shannon Sharp and whatever and I'm not calling these dudes Shannon Sharp but I think Fells and um, sorry, Aikens. Aikens man and Fells obviously had a good game two touchdowns but I just think they're using them in this offense so well yeah. and a tight end that a quarterback can trust and whatever and make good plays. I just thought, I mean, again, they it shows on the, the box score that they had that uh, Aikens had a good game or Fells had a good game. But those dudes, not that they need to incorporate them anymore, but it was like, I mean, that the last drive of the game, it was what, second and seven? And I, I'm not saying that... I, I thought that they they were about to kind of go stagnant and just kind of, you know, run the ball into the ground and then punt it. But that catch, you know, Watson was scrambling out to the right, tossed it before he went out of bounds, and Fells had that one-handed catch. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that and whatever else. But the way that they're using their tight ends is awesome. It really is. And it's fun to watch. And I think that they need to, you know, use that as you know if your running game isn't playing or isn't kind of getting off and chunking up yardage for whatever reason you know use that use those little short dunk passes you know essentially a extension of a running game yeah i mean the offense it's it's looked so different from game to game this year and some of that is just on the play calling but most of that's on the change in personnel from injuries and, you know, offensive line receivers just from game to game, you don't know who's going to be featured. And in some ways that's a strength because it's not just Hopkins. It's, Hey, this may be the Fells game, the Aikens game. This may be a Carlos Hyde game. This may be a Fuller game. This may be, you know, they have so many options that, the classic Patriots, we're just going to take your best player out of the game. Okay, well, if, if they take Hopkins out of the game, then we still have plenty of 
really good options out there. The most confusing one and why this game also looks a lot different is where was Kiki QT besides standing on the sideline? You know, as far as we know, he wasn't hurt. He said after the game he wasn't hurt. O'Brien didn't really say anything in the press conference other than uh, that was the game plan and maybe he should have involved him more. Well, he didn't involve him at all. So, you know, what the heck you guys think is going on that QD's just standing on the sideline in a in a close game like that that we need to win, get zero snaps? Yeah, he must be in a doghouse or something. I mean, that doesn't make any sense why he wouldn't play at all. They were saying during the broadcast, because they, they had mentioned that, and I don't know if it was, you know, Kiki QT hasn't been playing, and then, you know, they transitioned into uh, whoever was calling that game before it had been talking with Bill O'Brien, and he was asking him, and he was basically just saying that, and this isn't verbatim, but what I remember was essentially he's not progressing like they want him to, and he has good games and bad games and good practice and just totally inconsistent. He's not there all the time. So maybe he had a terrible week of practice, and this dude was like, dude, you know, we can't just throw you out there just just because you're a pro, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And So this is the, the bench in Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> What I, whatever really happened? Did they no, ever no, really say? Nobody yeah. has ever really said. But what made it more confusing to me when when I saw that was the week before Texans brought in some kick returners because they were unhappy with Carter. You know, he's had some you know head scratching returns where he's not catching it or he is catching it and just making some not great decisions returning. Basically not been involved in the offensive at all. QT thought he did great last week. He had that one-handed touchdown. And then for him to get no snaps and this dude that we're bringing in guys to replace him on special teams is taking his place, it just felt so bizarre. Like, you know, I know the Patriots have a lot of that well, we got three running backs, and you don't know which one's going to be out there that week. And the guy who scored three touchdowns last week is going to get zero snaps this week. And, you know, that's something they do, but it's not really something that I've seen here. So I was just scratching my head. Yeah. That's what I think. It had to be something to do with practice. And I don't think we'll ever find out because that's how, you know, Bill O'Brien is. He's not going to, you know, tell Texans business to the media. But I was thinking it had to be, it has to be something to do with his practice habits or, just the way, like you said, he's just not doing what they want him to do when he is practicing or something. It, it has to be something from that because it, it's like I said, he had a decent game last week and to not play at all uh, yesterday was, you know, just kind of baffling. Yeah. That was definitely interesting. Um, not to like totally just bury that because, you know, we can keep talking, but I just so I don't forget. Dude, I thought one of the biggest plays in that game in the was in the third quarter. The the Texans were driving after um cuz Oakland came out in the well, the Texans came out in the third quarter and had that great drive and then it just stalled and they kicked that field goal and then Oakland went down and dude, that guy Terrell is that his name Terrell Williams? Tyrell Williams or whatever, 16? 16 on the Raiders. Yeah, that dude's a beast, man. Um, Against us he was, yeah. Well, he just been hurt, they say. but um, Hurting to play against some some free agent cornerbacks yeah, that they signed off the street. <laughs> That's true. And he was, dude, Conley, that was rough coming back. But um, Texans got the ball back and went down and drove, and that was Fell's first touchdown. There was two awesome plays in that. Duke Johnson caught a little pass in, over the middle and ran up and dove for that first. Oh down. yeah, yeah. That was awesome. And then when uh, who fought? What, did Watson get stripped or who fumbled that ball? Somebody fumbled a ball and the Texans' offensive line fell on that thing 
and then they went down and scored. That was big because yeah. that was at that's the either. T- Go ahead. Yeah, it was either Johnson or Hyde that fumbled, I think. I can't remember who. Because, I mean, that was 21-13 Oakland at the time. Yeah. You know, and, again, it was just one of those games where they were kind of going back and forth or however you want to call it. But that could have – that was, to me, that was a huge play right there. Because if, if Oakland would have fell on it – and it wasn't like Oakland was just thrashing – and cutting them wide open, but they were still moving the ball nice, right? And so I thought that was a major play and just series of events right there to go down and, I mean, get within one. So I just wanted to bring that up before I totally forgot. So Yeah. And then... Oh, that was. That was huge. And then... Can't uh, forget about Watson getting kicked in the eyeball. Yeah, <laughs> when he was when he was in the grasp. Yeah, again, that was even worse than last week. Yeah, he was totally off balance. I mean, he had one leg out trying to, you know, skinny away, and then, dude, I mean, I've never I played soccer and I've been hit by the ball like ball was kicked so fast and so close to my face that I wasn't able to like close my eyes and you know get my hands up or even just close my eyes and get just smashed by the ball yeah and I've had the ball like hit my eyeball before I mean everyone's been poked in the eye and whatever in their lives but man just imagine yeah. you know that foot I, that cleat yeah. that <laughs> cleat just kicking you right in the face and I mean obviously that dude didn't mean to do that but yeah and still throwing a touchdown yeah. <laughs> what did he say after that game? dude, man? Yeah. Um, <laughs> dude, what did he say? He was like, I couldn't see the left because it was his left eye, right? Yeah. He's like, I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't see or whatever he said. And dude, someone said on some show this morning I heard, and you know, not that it's a great point, but they were saying that if he would have thrown that ball the way he should have thrown it, because he. And who knows if he would have, if he wouldn't have got hit, he may have still thrown it the same kind of way. But if he would have led him properly, it would have probably been intercepted. So, you yeah, know, it's like. Yeah, I saw he said, and I don't remember exactly how he said it, but he basically, like, he couldn't see when he threw the ball, but he knew where Phil should be on that play. Oh, and so he threw it where he knew he should be at. That's and awesome. That's, yeah. I want to see someone take. Uh, do a Photoshop of the Raiders logo, but instead of the pirate have Watson on there with the eye patch, like on the <laughs> helmet. I want to see that picture. Like that Jordan meme that they always did crying oh, yeah. Jordan. Yeah. When the, what was that even from? Like when was he crying? That just I mean it doesn't matter, but Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know that Jordan has ever cried, so I don't know if that's just made up. Yeah. Or they just did. it happened and I wiped it from my memory. I don't know. <laughs> What do you guys think about him saying, Steph Curry? Did you hear those comments the other oh, day? Oh yeah, Steph Curry. He's just never gonna let it go. Well, I think, I mean, I'm I'm a Jordan Homer. I think he did two things. I think one, he said something which was true was he's not in the Hall of Fame yet, which you know people right. from the Hall of Fame love to say, like, hey, he ain't in here yet. Right. Doesn't mean he doesn't think he's a Hall of Famer. But the other thing is, it's Jordan, and he's gonna poke everybody all the time because okay. he's Jordan. And he knows it's just gonna, you know, he can say whatever he wants to say. So, I don't, I don't think he was saying anything bad about Curry. No, I think he was just saying, "Hey, man, he ain't in here yet." So, yeah. quit calling him a Hall of Famer. But that dude gave one of the most ruthless. And <clears throat> I like Jordan. Uh, I'm not the biggest Jordan fan, but I will say that I hated his Hall of Fame speech. I hated it. I thought that that dude, he just came off just still so bitter and whatever else. Like calling out his, was it high school or junior high coach for cutting him? He's like, you cut the wrong dude, you know, and <laughs> and whatever else. Like, dude, that was freaking 50 years ago. You know, yeah. you're at the, Get over it. Right. You're the greatest basketball player ever, and you're in the Hall of Fame. Like, just say, all right, you know. But it wasn't like, you know, he was having fun with it. Like, he was pissed still. Yeah. And whatever, you know, that guy is the ultimate competitor and whatever else. And I mean, I don't, 
talking about ultimate competitors, and he was probably like this because, I mean, didn't him and Steve Kerr, like, get in a fist fight or whatever at practice? But one story that I love that's competitive-wise, dude, there's a story that John Elway had a uh, a pool table in his basement, and I guess however many games he had played on it, no one had ever beaten him. And then when Bubby Brister was the Broncos' backup quarterback, he went in there and beat John Elway on his table, and John Elway kicked him out of his house and sold the pool table. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would, too, if Bubby Brister beat me at something. Oh, yeah. That's a cool name, though. Bubby Brister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyways. Couldn't I stand him. Who did – I mean, who did he play for before the Broncos? The Steelers. Oh, he was a Steeler. Yeah. That's why I can't stand him. Yeah. Steelers are having a rough game tonight, man. Oh yeah. Um, what was it? it was fourteen ten? Last time we were looking at it, but uh, speaking of, the, I know we'll talk about this later. Oh, seventeen fourteen Steelers. Oh, uh, the you know you're talking about Jordan not letting his his coach forget about cutting him. Uh follow a Washington Post reporter on on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Dude goes to game three. You know, this is the first World Series game in D.C. You know, obviously since these people have been alive. You know, if you've been a fan of this team since 2005, you're up two games to nothing going to D.C. Game three. Standing room only tickets, 1300 bucks. You're at the game. And this dude takes a picture of the stadium for World Series Game 3 in D.C. and tags Bryce Harper in it. And he's like, where are you at, Bryce Harper? Oh, jeez. And it's like, dude, this oh. is <laughs> this dude is inside your head. Like, I just can't imagine as a fan, like, you get to this moment. I, You know, Nationals fans, I can't imagine could have been any more excited than going into Game 3 in D.C. Oh, yeah. And your response is going to be... To call out this dude that left that, you should be way past that. Like, you're in the World Series. Forget about this dude. Right. But I was just, uh, I had to call him out. I, I just could not believe that you were taking time out of enjoying the World Series. When you're up 2 nothing, you just beat yeah. Cole and Verlander. And you're standing in the home. stadium just soaking it all in, and you're like, hold on, let me shoot off this yeah. tweet to Bryce Harper. <laughs> It's like, dude, that's uh, what that says a lot more about you than it does about Bryce Harper. What he should have tweeted off was, "Hey, Nationals, why the hell are we practicing our World Series? <laughs> Friggin' like, okay, I'm not saying you can't practice that, but if you win Game Three, sure, practice. Like, all right, if we, they'll have time. No, I know, but what I'm saying is, don't do it then, because so say you win Game Three. You legitimately should practice that because you're only one win away and it could be the next day, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, all right, we got to practice getting this this stage out here and, you know, where people are going to stand and whatever else. Yeah. But it was after game two. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. After game two going home. And it wasn't even, it was before game three, right? Yeah. It's like, dude, what are you? I, and, and they've already the, done a, they've already done it for the NLCS. They've already brought the stage out, done the celebration. I doubt the specifics are that much different. I know that they have to do this, and I'm sure the Astros did. I'm sure everybody does it. They all probably plan the parade and do everything. You just have to never let that get out. Yeah. Like, it's your job to say, hey, no one's taking pictures of this. Uh, no one is leaking any of this parade stuff. Like... Sure, it's it's good to practice it, and I'm not going to fault you for that. But you have to, if that gets out, like that's just just well, looks bad. Yeah, and you know, all, it's more the fans thing. The players don't care about that, but still, you know. Um. Well, we're going to be talking a little after this a little <laughs> yeah. later. We're Let's going get back to Texas, yeah. <laughs> but so, I mean, really, um, kind of for me, not necessarily to wrap up my thoughts, but. In a way, um, oh, dude, I thought, once again, DeAndre Hopkins was just a beast. 13 targets, 11 catches, 109 yards. But I wrote down in my notes, I felt like 
when Deshaun Watson was getting a little bit kind of off or I don't want to say distracted because you're not distracted when, you know, you got friggin' freaks of athlete, freak of nature athletes running at you trying to rip off your head. But, you know, whatever. He just seemed like he was a little bit off at times. It seemed like he would go to Hopkins and Hopkins would catch that ball and he would go down and it would be a nice gain or whatever. And dude's just a beast. And I thought he had a, another great game. So, um, yeah. Hey Rob. Yeah. What What are your uh, What are your thoughts about what happened with with JJ on Sunday? Oh man. Like when I was watching it, you know, he he. That's when he made that tackle on the backfield, right? Pretty big tackle. Yeah. And you know, he he got up, and I didn't really think anything of it. And he kind of like shrugged his shoulder a little bit, and I was like, oh, okay, he probably just stung a little bit or something. Probably not that big a deal. And then you know, he kind of sprinted off to the to the locker room before the half. And the way he was running off, I was like, okay, he's just going in there, get there early. You know, they're going to check it out, and he'll be back second half. And I didn't think it was that bad. And then you know you hear like, well, he's not returning. I was like, man, what the heck happened for him not to return? And then to find out was it ended up being a torn pec. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what Whitney Merciless had what a couple years ago, and he bounced back from it. Um, you know, obviously he's doing really good this year, but was this now three of the last four years that watch season has ended? You know, because of injury, and it's just. I don't know, man. It's, it's a big loss because I know Watt was leading the league in quarterback pressures. That's going to be tough to replace. And, uh, you know, just just replacing J.D. Watt, that's not going to be easy to do. They need number 90. Yeah. This would be a good time to have him. Yeah. Hey, so let me let me run some, some trade targets by you. So uh, they talked to O'Brien today, and he kind of threw some cold water on a trade. But the way he Slim said it, none. yeah. But the way he said it was, he doesn't want to give up. Look at that face. Yeah, he doesn't want to give up, you know, draft picks for short-term rentals, and he's looking towards you know twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty-one. So to me, that sounds like teams have been calling and saying, "Hey, like we got this dude whose contract's up." And he's he's got some other ideas in mind that haven't really gotten any traction anywhere. Uh, but I think he's all in. Like, I think if the right dude comes open, he's trading those picks, and he might even be trading some players to get some pass rush help. So uh, tell me how you feel about some of these dudes. Let's go with Vic Beasley on the Falcons. Would you trade? Would you trade for him? Because we have a second this year, and we have a third next year. Those are our big yeah. picks that we got left. Yeah. Man, how old is Beasley? He's got to be pretty young. Yeah. I mean, I, I might. I might for him. The only thing that worries me about doing all these trades is that I guess there's different ways to look at it. But I know they say, like, the good teams build their teams through the draft, and – I think that's mostly because you can get guys, you know, who are good and young and cheap. And so they don't cost you a lot and you can mix those in with your, your older free agents or your older veterans. And that kind of helps your salary cap. But then once you start, you know, once you start just trading for guys who already have big contracts, you kind of start hurting your salary cap and you got to start dumping guys later. So I I don't know. Broncos did that. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Well, the thing yeah, is, it, we got a ton of cap space, and, you know, we got some dudes that are going to need to be. He's 27, Vic Beasley. Oh, okay. We got some dudes that are going to need to yeah. be extended, but a lot of the key pieces are still on their rookie contracts. You got Reed and Johnson in the secondary, you got Cunningham in the linebacker spot. Reader is going to need a new contract. Um, you got Howard and Sharpie both looking really good. Martin just got a new contract. Tunsil still got another year on his deal. Watson's going to need to be extended. I think we still have at least one more year on Fuller. 
the tight ends, you know, uh, we're good with all of them. Plus, we have two more rookie tight ends coming off of IR. Uh, I think we got a lot of room to trade for yeah. people that we know are going to be able to contribute right away that we'll pay more for. But Yeah, so it kind of depends on, like, if you're trading for these guys, like, who are you willing to lose in the next, you know, two to three years? So you, you, it's almost like you're betting on you're going to win this year or next year. And yeah. if you think you can, then, you know, then I think it's a good move to do it. But, like, this year, we're not winning the Super Bowl this year. You know, I wish I could say we are, but, man, our secondary is so torn up. We lost Watt. Or we're without, you know, Tunzel. For I don't know how much longer he's going to be out. Uh, it's just going to be tough to do it this year. But, uh, and then, you know, we're not going to have, if we trade our second-round pick, we're not going to have, what, first and second round this year? Yep. Or so, third, right? first, second, or third. You know, one pick to the fourth. Yeah, round. first. Okay, yeah. So then, you got to hope that the players you have now are going to be ready to be, you know, I, I don't know, you know, gangbusters next year, because you're not going to get a lot of help in the draft, and you can get some backup players or some special team players, but you know, unless you get lucky somewhere, you're not going to get a huge playmaker. So I, I don't know, man, it's tough. But like for some of like Vic Beasley, who's still young. um, I think I've heard he's hadn't been doing so hot in Atlanta right now, but man, Atlanta just stinks. What so about Ryan Kerrigan? Well, Ryan Kerrigan on the Redskins. He play Redskins. Uh, you know, I don't know him well enough, honestly. I hadn't watched him enough. Okay, what about Chandler Jones on the Cardinals? Yeah, I like Chandler Jones. I think he's pretty good. Okay, I got, I got three more. What about Bud Dupree on the Steelers? You ain't getting that fool. No? No. If they lose the Dolphins tonight, they might. I don't think you got enough to give away. Well, then the next two are going to be even more out of reach. You know what? So if you want to win the Super Bowl this year, let me just write the Super Bowl story for you. (laughs) J.J. Watt goes out. We take our second-round pick this year, our third-round pick next year. Probably have to throw in Cutie. Let's go trade for TJ Watt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, I wanted us to draft him whenever he came out of college. Yeah. And then... Cutie, you're going to have to do more than that. It, that would have to be like a Hopkins straight-up deal. Nah, can't do that. Yeah, that's a... That's a reach there. But that would be... Dude, you know how cool that would be, though? That would be for the text, and they're like, "Oh yeah, JJ, thanks a lot. We're gonna take your brother, <laughs> <laughs> trade him for his brother." Yeah, well, just trade JJ Watt to the Steelers for TJ Watt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to find Kerrigan right now. I think he has two sacks this year. He he Dude, played he, at Purdue. He's a he's a white defensive end. Uh, I mean, I he, like he's, Kerrigan. He's, he's got a good motor. He's 31. Yeah. He's he's not bringing in, you know. He's got two sacks. He's not bringing in where, you know, like the Broncos did, but he's bringing in somebody that will be able to help right away. I'm I, you know, I'm always optimistic. I still feel like there's a chance, however small, you know. I didn't think we had a real possibility to beat the Chiefs, and we did. And I know they have their issues, and the Patriots look unstoppable right now but i feel like we're in the part of the afc that just depending on how things go we have a chance you know and you know i'm i'm kind of i'm always willing to go all in if i feel like there is a chance because it would stink to not make a move and then something happens that the patriots start playing bad or they have injuries and we feel like man we could have been right there if we would have you know, made a move instead of drafting some dude at the end of the second round next year that, you know, may not even start for us or or have a lot of time depending on who it is. So I'm I'm if if the right dude comes available, I'm saying just might as well go for it this year. We got we went for it in every other aspect. You might as well just commit and go all the way in. Well it'll be interesting too, because I'm just looking at the Texans schedule 
Next week in London versus Jaguars. It's a division rivalry, so you never know what's going to happen. At, I don't know. I hate the London games. Yeah. But then you got your bye week. Then at the Ravens versus the Colts. So at home for the Colts. That's home. Thursday night game. That's Thursday? Yeah. I hate Thursday night games too. Um, then at home against the Patriots. So that's a tough little stretch right there. Jaguars, Ravens, Colts, Patriots. Then, seriously, the the Texans should win their last four games. I know two of them are against the Titans, who are in division, but they should still beat them. They're going to crush the Broncos, Titans, Buccaneers, and Titans again. So, if you can finish out the year, if, you know, you got eight games left, if you split those four. That's my other thing. We know the offense is going to work, but... With the defense, with the secondary, and then no pass rush, you could go zero and four, lose to the Jags in London, lose to the Colts Thursday, or lose to the Ravens in Baltimore, lose to the Colts Thursday night, lose to the Patriots Sunday night here. If if you don't get people in those spots, if people don't come back healthy, and so oh and zero and four, then you'd be five and seven. Yeah, then you'd have to come back and. Best case scenario, nine and seven. It's not doing it. I think, I think they need to at least come out two and two the next four games, and really, they should be three and one. And if you would ask me two weeks ago, three weeks ago against Kansas City and Falcons, you know they would have a shot at going four and zero oh in those four games. So they really can't can't afford to just go in there with, you know a bunch of new free agents starting in all those positions and trying to piece together those wins because this is a critical stretch right here. Yeah. the To me, they need to beat the, the Jaguars and the Colts because it's hard to play the Ravens in Baltimore. That's just a hard place to play. Yeah. And then I think the Patriots game is going to be interesting because – you know, if Roby and Jonathan Joseph aren't back and whoever they're going to replace Watt with. TJ. Yeah. Depending on what's going on there, I mean, Tom Brady is going to destroy that. Sec- like, if the secondary tomorrow played Tom Brady, yeah, that played yesterday, but, you know, oh, with time, it would yeah. just be a massacre. And on our that linebackers, side. everything. Yeah, yeah, he would just... But I really want to see how good the Patriots' defense really is. They've played some straight doo-doo brown teams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think their defense is – I'm not saying it's bad. It it probably is pretty good, but I don't think it's as good as what everyone's saying it is. Dude, they've given up like 26 points. Yeah, they've given up 26 points all year or something just stupid. I think I saw they've given up four touchdowns in seven or eight games. Yeah. I don't think I'm. But the thing is, what they do really well is they don't make mistakes. Like, you know, that one guy isn't just having a brain fart on a route and somebody's getting wide open. I mean, that's they're a super disciplined team. And part of that is easy when you're playing, you know, undisciplined teams and teams that are not great. So that's helped them. But if. If they come here and we're playing our best on offense, that's going to be something that they haven't seen, and that's going to be the biggest test, you know, for them. And same with our defense. I mean, playing playing their offense, which you know, it's I would I wouldn't say it's an A plus offense. You know, they just Gordon went to the IR. They traded for Sanu, but think their offense is definitely beatable they've they've had some games where they've struggled to score and their defense has bailed them out but it's a winnable game as long as we were putting in quality players on defense we can't have brand new guys on defense not knowing what they're doing out there against Tom Brady it's not going to work for us dude listen to this first game of the year Steelers Steelers were all together but it's still a first game of the year they're going to beat anybody Steelers, Dolphins, Jets, Bills, Redskins, Giants, Jets, Browns. I mean, what? The, seriously, dude, what the hell kind of friggin' 
they got, I mean, it does get harder. I will say this, that, I mean, they got Ravens, Eagles, Cowboys, Texans, Chiefs. But then, dude, how they finish the year, Bengals, Bills, and Dolphins. I mean, mm. dude, I hate them. Yeah. So, well, what's uh Other guy? Oh, yeah, the other guy I had on my list for us to trade for, uh, Miles Garrett. <laughs> 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 hey, you never know. We'll, we'll get another receiver for Baker. I'm sure they'll... They'll, they already got Landry and uh, and OBJ out there, so maybe they want yeah. Cutie. They'll score some <laughs> touchdowns. My man, you trying Maggie to get away Cutie, man. Yeah. Wait, we'll trade him uh, JJ Watt for Miles Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stand on they need to do something. If they don't, uh, I'll I'll be I'll be disappointed because I think they've they've shown the whole year to the team. Hey, we're all in, and I'm sure as a player that feels good when you're Watson playing at a you know MVP level, top top three players in the league, and everybody's out there saying you know we're ready. Like I think it feels good to say for the front office and the coaching staff, like we're all in too, and we're not just gonna say, well, everybody got hurt and we did the best that we could. I don't think. Uh... Here, this is what I'll do for you. <laughs> you guys, you guys want someone to help your defense? I'll give you Vaughn Miller. Okay. For Deshaun Watson. No. Come on. No. <laughs> All right. I'll give you AJ McCarron for Derek Wolf and Chris Harris Jr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is Derek Wolf okay? Yeah. Okay. Good. I thought he ruptured his Achilles. Yeah. He was down there all pissed off. And that's just a big freak of a dude. Dude, when we went to that Bronco game and I was down on the field, that guy is massive. Yeah. And, he uh, and I thought he, like I said, I thought he ruptured his Achilles because they were, you know, grabbing at it and doing all those things. And he was like punching the ground. And, and then all of a sudden, well, that dude said one time, he's like, I'm never coming off the field. Even if I die, I'm going to make him wake or like pick me up. And like you know, do the weekend with Bernie's walk off or whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's a guy you want on your team right there. Yeah, he ran off and then came back on. So, well, I was you know, I, we said I was talking about Hopkins before, dude. He's he's my game ball winner. Guy was awesome. I was about to change it to the sequence of plays that I thought was the game, not necessarily game changer, but I thought it was a huge momentum keep and boost. That Duke Johnson catch and run and homeboy that recovered that fumble, but yeah, DeAndre's just a beast, man. Yeah. He's got freakishly big hands. They're like weird big. Mm-hmm. Who you got, Rob? Uh, my game ball is going to Deshaun Watson's left eye. <laughs> <laughs> What's the dude from? Uh, you, you showed from the Goonies. What's his name? Oh, yeah. Uh, I can't believe we no, can't. I'm name. totally blanking on his name right now. Oh, hey, man. you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. Watson's eyeball. Sloth. Yeah. yeah. Was sloth. it Sloth? Game. Yeah, game ball right there. Game ball to Sloth's eyeball. I was yeah. going to give the game ball to, to Fells, but talking about the play earlier, I think I want to give the game ball to the NFL ref that did not call in the grasp on Deshaun Watson on that play. <laughs> he gets the yeah. game ball for for doing the right thing. Yeah, let him play. Yeah. I'm going to give my Ray Finkel award to just the injury bug, man. It's got the Texans, man. Got him right in the butt. They're having it rough. Yeah. Uh, and got, I, I, was, I wasn't giving on the offensive line because I thought they played pretty poorly. But I think I'm going to give it to the dude on the Raiders' foot for kicking Deshaun Watson <laughs> in the left eye. 
I th- maybe you should give the game ball to that dude's foot because I think he I think he pissed him off and that that changed it and <laughs> yeah. he won the game. I think that was. Dude, do you think they'll true. take his shoe and put it in the Hall of Fame? I think you know so. that little weird area in the Hall of Fame that they just put just the most <laughs> random stuff. We'll ask Jordan. Yeah. Say, hey, does this dude's shoe belong in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> no, it does yeah. not. I, I'll give my Ray Finkel award. We'll wait till tomorrow because tomorrow is the 29th. It's a trade deadline. If O'Brien doesn't make a move to get a pass rusher, then he'll get my Ray Finkel award. He doesn't get JJ or uh, TJ TJ Watt. Hey, get get Derek Watt. Just get one of the Watts. We'll make him play defense instead of fullback. Just get somebody yeah. in there with the Watt jersey, and uh, things will be good. Yeah, but hey, I like it. The thing you were talking about. Uh, John with the injury bug. I was trying to do some some deep dive. You know, we were talking Astros 2017 to to win a World Series. We had to sacrifice Deshaun Watson's ACL. This year, Astros hopefully win the World Series. Unfortunately, we had to sacrifice J.J. Watt for the rest of the year to do that. Looking back, in 94 and 95 when the Rockets won, we had to make some sacrifices those years too to get a championship in Houston. What, losing to the Bills? Well, that was that was in the beginning of That was in the beginning of 93. Uh but you know, the the championship in in 94 that's also um Bagwell's MVP year that the league decided to shut down and we'll never know if Bagwell would have been MVP and would have went on to win the World Series. And then the following year, the Rockets won, then traded away uh, Warren Moon and Buddy Ryan went out of town and broke up the... I mean, they drafted McNair, but... Was that run and shoot? Yeah. Yeah. And then they started talking about moving to Nashville, and that was kind of the end of of the Oilers era. So I feel like Houston, uh, to win, they got to make a sacrifice to please the sports gods. And I'm sorry it had to be J.J. this year, but I'll take that Astros title if that's what that means. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, J.J., thanks. The Astro fans, thank you, hopefully, tomorrow night for all the Astro fans. And speaking of that, we're about to close up this round of the Houston Sports Debrief for week eight of the NFL season, and we're going to come back and have a little fun and talk Houston Astros baseball in the World Series. And Tom and Rob are going to flash everybody, and uh, (laughs) it's going to be fun. And so next week, Texans are in London town. To play the Jaguars, everybody already knows I hate those games, but, you know, whatever. I'm not worth $8 billion or whatever the NFL is worth. And they're going to play there. So we'll be uh, coming back to you guys talking about the Texans on Sunday. So, Rob, Tom, see you guys in a minute. Go Texans. Go Texans.